and welcome to Reliving My Youth. My name is Noel Fogelman. My guest today is Mark Herlick. Now, somewhere along your TV and movie viewing, you've seen Mark's work, whether it was in Big Bang Theory, playing one of Topanga's many fathers on Boy Meets World, Jurassic Park 3, Election, to name a couple. Mark's done some fabulous work. You can currently see him playing God and himself on Preacher. He talks about that. But for me, he'll always be Milos from Seinfeld. He talks about making that character his own, and Milos was one of the best one-off Seinfeld guest stars in history, in my opinion. We talk about his upbringing, how he became a playwright, how he got into acting, and we talk pooping in your pants. You'll understand that in a little while. Mark, very insightful, and he did this interview while walking around his neighborhood. So occasionally you might hear a little interference with the audio, but Mark, super nice guy, and I hope you enjoy my conversation with him. So Mark, let me uh, let me start by apologizing because I am so far behind on Preacher, I have not gotten to your episodes yet. So, Dude, you have some catching up to do. Oh my God, all, all the shows now, I, I feel like um, I'm like an air traffic controller at an airport with all the planes on the runway backed up. That's how I feel about all the shows that I started watching that I hadn't finished yet, and Preacher is on that list. So I you know, it's... I was going to say, I think it's, it's sweet. true. There's a lot of there's a lot of fine uh, storytelling going on out there. Yeah, you know, they say it's like the golden age of television now, especially. It is. Like it, it is. all, yeah, all the streaming sites and all the cable shows. I don't think I watch anything really on network television anymore. I think everything's either cable or the streaming sites. You know what's great about the uh, uh, about the non-network shows is. Um, is the storytelling is set up as uh, uh, miniseries uh, is the thing they or limited series is what they usually call it. Right. And and what you get is sort of uh, novel novel length uh, television. Uh, uh, it it really looks like film in the form of a novel. And the the uh, the great thing about preacher is that uh, it's not uh, an open ended story. It's like a quest. Like uh, like the Odyssey, right? Uh, and and uh, and it's a, a hero is in search of a goal, and uh, at the end of it, we see him achieve his goal. Right, and yeah, that's how a story should be done, you know. Beginning yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah. And all the like AMC shows are all fantastic. So I, I'm I'm really excited to you know pick up on on Preacher one. I have some time, and I'm excited to see what you, what you've done playing God. I mean, how um, how did that role come about? You know, it's just a matter of uh, uh, you hang around long enough and you graduate. So uh, uh, I, I go from uh, I go from playing. Um, um, I think my my uh, the main majority of my roles have been uh, uh, what my wife affectionately calls a dick in a suit. So uh, uh, I, <laughs> I'm I'm tall and slim, and I look really uh, intimidating in a high fashion suit. So uh, so they give me a they give me a suit and a good haircut, and I'll play uh, a top level lawyer, corporate lawyer, a shark, um, a, uh, a a real estate developer, a uh, hospital administrator, a top surgeon, and I'm usually chewing out somebody's ass. <laughs> and so, 
and so I, I was already used to uh, used to the the form of being uh, arrogant and abusive, and uh, so you know God is the the, the uh, natural end of the line shot. <laughs> right. Yeah, and as uh, as Homer Simpson once said, God says the greatest fictional character ever. So. <laughs> <laughs> I, know. I know. I know. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. So I mean. I, and I haven't seen it yet, and I you know, apologize. But you're playing like three roles of God, or, or two, right? You're playing a fake God or a real God, and you're playing yourself playing God, correct? Yes, and here's the deal: since uh, since the first first three seasons are out, I'll uh, I'll catch you up because okay. uh, everybody listening to your voice is saying, uh, "What's up with this guy?" But he hasn't seen the first. I know. Yeah, I apologize. Okay. okay. All right. All right. So so for your benefit, uh, um, I play the role of an actor uh, from New Orleans whose name happens to be the same name as me, Mark Harlech. And Mark Harlech answered a casting call from a mysterious producer to play the role of God. And uh, he, doesn't know, he doesn't know what the project is. It turns out that the two people who have hired him are angels that have come to Earth because God has run away and gone missing. So these <laughs> angels need to cast somebody that looks like God so that they can uh, sort of use them as a body double. You know how uh, dictators around the world use body doubles? Right, right. So, so the, the, this actor, this fictional actor named Mark Harlick, uh, has is auditioning for the role. And he's told in the interview, we see this in the, in the episode, he's told in the interview that uh, he's got the job. They hire him on the spot. He claps his hands in delight, and they shoot him in the chest, and he falls back dead. Right. Next, next time we see him, he is uh, awake in heaven. He's dressed up as God, and he is pretending to be God. But it turns out, when we actually encounter God later, that God has been pretending to be an actor from New Orleans named Mark Harlan. Oh, wow. So it's a double blind. Right. Uh, so so I essentially have been playing the same character all along, but God has been pretending that he's an actor with my name. Wow. It, it, uh, it totally screws with my mind. I, I, um, I mentioned, yeah. <laughs> yes. So when when you got the part, how much of it did you actually know? None, zero, <laughs> zero, zero. Uh, the the uh, uh, it, it, it's I don't even know if the uh, if the producers knew exactly where it was going. It, right. This is based on uh, this is based novel. on a, a graphic novel by Garth Ennis, and um, you do see God in it. And there's a certain storyline, but the uh, the the AMC series uh, diverts a great deal from that story and adds a, and and changes it and and uh, and Garth was participating all along with the uh, the evolution of that story so I really didn't know where it was going right how how much fun is playing this character oh it's so much fun I mean uh, around the set you won't believe how much respect I get. <laughs> it just happens. It just happens automatically. I'm in my flowing white mane and long flowing beard and bushy right. eyebrows, 
and uh, I'm wearing my flowing, my flowing golden robe, and uh, I, I can have my coffee with or without milk, however I choose. Right. Have you ever gone off set, you know, wearing the the, the costume? Yeah, off the set. Yeah, trying to have fun with people. No, no. Okay. I the 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 uh, in fact the fun I have with people is that when I would. Uh, be on the set, out of costume. Nobody knew who the hell I was. Right. Uh, they were stopping me in the lunch line. Uh, excuse me, sir. Are you uh, are you an extra? Are you a member of this production? And I say, I'm God. No way. <laughs> yes way. Yes way. So it's a, it, my uh, my my real identity is sort of my Clark Kent, right. and my secret on set identity is the, the deity of the universe. Right. Yeah, that's amazing. But I, I will, I will reach out to you again and let you know when I catch up, and that'll be soon. I <laughs> well, well I can just tell you, I can just tell you, it's the most fun I've ever had with a role. That's and, awesome. And uh, it, it, uh, it's fun to keep the uh, the action going on. Right. That's awesome. Yeah, because you you've had a lot of like, guest starring roles and you know and comedies, dramas. Are, are you kind of surprised that you never landed on a Law and Order? Uh, no, I'm not, because uh, Law and Order is the uh, is the exclusive television. I, I'm being slightly facetious. Uh, right. Law and Order is the ex- the exclusive provenance of New York stage actors. Okay. Every actor, because the cast and produced in New York. Right, right. Uh, uh, except for the major stars. So uh, every friend I have that lives in New York that is a that is a stage actor, Broadway, off Broadway, uh, have all done stints on on Law and Order and multiple. And since I live in Los Angeles, I'm just out of the running. Okay. Right, yeah, that makes all sense. Yeah, I because I, I, I work in Manhattan, so you know I used to see all the time, you know, filming stuff yeah. like that before the show. So. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, they're they're all over the town, and the the same thing is true with the Good Wife too. Although I happened to be in New York one time doing a stage show on Broadway, and uh, and I got a quick gig on uh, the Good Wife. Okay, but it was only because I happened to be in town. Right. Right. Okay. Yeah. Speaking of not, you know, obviously being in New York, uh, you live in Los Angeles now, but. Originally from Texas, and um, you were the only Jewish family living in your town. Yeah, that's right. That's right. It it, uh, it, it was uh, at a time when uh, you know we tend to think of Jewish immigration into the United States as uh, classically coming to the Alice Islands. Right. But right. there was a there was a seven year period of time when there was a huge Jewish immigration assistance movement um, going to Galveston, Texas. Okay. And a lot of the, a lot of Jewish families uh, all throughout the Southwest and the Midwest trace their uh, their family lineage back to people who came into uh, Galveston, uh, Texas. And my grandparents happened to be part of that immigration movement. And uh, and so our family ended up in this uh, this tiny little rural town, Hamilton, Texas. Uh, my mother still lives there. Uh, the last, uh, the last Jew in Hamilton, and it's uh, it's afforded me uh, uh, a, a lot of uh, opportunity to uh, write about it. 
Right. And so I have, uh, I, at this point, I have two stage plays uh, that have been produced around a lot uh, that are either uh, autobiographical or, or sort of fictionalized based on autobiography. Based on my uh, my family's kind of unique experience of being the only Jews in a small Christian Bible Belt town in Central Texas. Yeah. Right. Did, did um, your family experience any like prejudice back then? No, 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 no. I mean, they, 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 there's there's always a certain uh, amount of garden variety animus just between people. But uh, but it turns out that my my grandfather, both of my grandparents, made a because they were in the retail business, clothing, uh, maintaining customers and good customer relations was always very important to them. Right. And uh, also, this town had sort of uh, when they were they immigrated when they were teenagers, and uh, this town sort of took them in, took them under its wing. And so their relationship with the town was uh, really closely sewn together. And uh, our family history in this in this uh, uh, all town in Central Texas is uh, just one of goodwill and friendship and uh, brotherhood. And it was a a really phenomenal way to grow up. It gave me a a very uh, Open an ecumenical sense of the world once I once I left the small town because uh, uh, to be truthful I got the hell out of there as soon as I could but not because it was uh, no it had nothing to do with religion it had to do with the size of the town right okay yeah is, is that when you move to uh, the west coast become an actor it is it is it is well I went to the I went to the University of Texas. And um, I entered as a as a uh, music student. My, I played the piano, and I uh, I was really good at it. I was very talented. But once I got to the competition level in college, uh, I could see that I wasn't cut out to be uh, a famous concert pianist. Right. Uh, so so uh, it, it took about three months for me to wash out of the music department, <laughs> and I walked across the uh, the grassy South Broad to uh, the theater department. And uh, that's where I've been for the rest of my life. Uh, the uh, I migrated to California because there were a lot of summer theater festivals for young actors, and uh, I got a lot of experience doing summer theater, and uh, made my professional connections from there, and ended up in Los Angeles. So when when you actually moved out there. Do you have anything lined up, or are you just went on on a whim? I did. I did have something lined up because one of my teachers from the University of Texas was working at a summer theater festival called the Pacific Conservatory of the Performing Arts (PCPA) in Santa Maria, California, and it's still there as a young actors conservatory today. Uh, and this has been 60 years. Yeah. And and um, so uh, my my uh, teacher was directing a couple of productions out there, and he said, uh, "Audition to this theater, and I'll cast you in these productions." I auditioned to the theater; they accepted me. And damn it, my teacher didn't cast me in either one of those productions that he promised me. Oh, wow. But I did make I did make my way into the company, and that's where 
GCPA in Santa Maria, California is where I established all of my professional connections that, uh, that got me to uh, Los Angeles, got me to New York, and, uh, and I've continued to work with, uh, with my fellow students now who are long-standing professionals in the entertainment industry, my fellow students from PCPA. So it was a real, uh, it was a real seeding ground for for people in the performing arts. Right. Well, that's great. Did, did your teacher cast you in another role later on? Yeah, he finally did. He knocked right. on this. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do you, uh, I harassed him. He cast me. Right. All right. Good. <laughs> do you do you prefer like a stage as opposed to like movie and TV? Uh, I love them both. Right. Uh, for di- for different reasons. I love the intimacy of film, and uh, I like the I like the subtlety of film, and it's a very very internal medium. In film, uh, people see you thinking, but on stage, you it, it, it um, it's really classic storytelling. You are in the same room as the people you're telling the story with. And you tell it from start to finish without stopping. So, so in that case, the you know you have that experience when you go to the movie uh, as an audience member. You experience the entire story from start to finish, and the mood that it establishes never lets go of you. If it's a good movie, the mood the the, the mood never lets you go until the end. And uh, the actors don't get to experience that. As actors, we film it in bits and pieces, and uh, and the reality is so tenuous. And then it's the editors that put it all together to create that mood. On stage, the actors get to experience that as well, maintaining that same mood, going into that same world, and staying there for two hours, two and a half hours. And uh, and I'm telling you, there's nothing like it. There's nothing like it. The the uh, the trade-off is. That you can sit through a bad movie because there's always something to look at. You can't sit through a bad play. Right. <laughs> uh, if you're in a bad place, you either head to the exit or uh, you silently uh, shoot your tongue into a ragged mess. <laughs> and uh, and I, I've had the experience of both, for sure. But uh, but uh, performing on the stage gives uh, gives an artistic satisfaction that you really can't find in film and television at all, at all, no matter what anybody tells you. Uh, the, the, um, the flip side of that is that uh, professional theater tends to be um, a single-person location. It takes a pay or so long. Right. Uh, uh, very few people in the professional theater uh, really earn a... a what could these days be called a living wage, unless you're starring on Broadway, which they, you can, but, you know, how many people is that? Maybe uh, uh, 50 to 60. Uh, whereas, uh, you know, I have a family to support, and uh, so I look to my work in film and television. Right. Now, um, are, are you an actor who can actually watch themselves? Like if you're sitting home looking through a channel and one of your movies or shows comes on, can you sit there and watch it? I can, but I don't. Right. Uh, it, it, it really doesn't interest me. I don't learn anything from yeah. watching myself. Uh, uh, I'm not the kind of actor that watches the daily. 
Okay. Uh, I don't I don't run to the camera after every take to see what it looks like unless it has something to do with uh, position in the frame. Uh, I like to know where I am in the frame, and uh, it, usually you, you work that out with the cameraman. It, uh, the uh, the the actor and the cameraman are a, uh, are doing a pas de deux all the time. The actor dances with the cameraman, and uh, and the director really stands back and watches. Watches. Uh, he can offer uh, alternatives for performance, but what you actually see on the screen is a uh, is a real active dance between the actor and the camera operator. And uh, that's the only time I'm concerned with what I look like. Uh, I definitely do not sit in a darkened room with all my uh, my tape stacked in front of me, rewatching my classic performance. <laughs> 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 that's uh, that's all about Eve, and you can you saw where that ended up. Right, right. No, no, no. It wasn't. It wasn't all about Eve. It was uh, Sunset Boulevard. Okay. Sunset yeah. Boulevard. She's sitting alone in her room watching her old movies. Uh, you know, for me, my glory is not behind. My glory is uh, present day and coming up. Right. So, has there been like ever like a role role that you you've done that you haven't seen the finished product? Yes. Not. Oh, yeah. Isn't that weird. Isn't that weird? The, 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 well, you know, I'm in a, I'm in a class of actors. Uh, uh, I'm not a bankable name. I'm just a guy who works all the time. Right. And so, uh, and so I'm not really the architect of the mansion. I'm the plumber. Okay. And the architect of the mansion builds this glorious facility, but uh, none of the toilets work. So who do you call? You call Mark Harris. He will come in and he'll fix your toilet, uh, give it a good flush, clean it up, and go home. And so, so uh, you know, they, if I'm doing a guest starring role on a TV show, I'm the plumber. I come in and I get that toilet nice and shiny. It's working, and I go home. I don't need to go back and watch it. <laughs> right. But it's, it's because people may not know your name. I mean, I you know I do say I follow your work, but there, everyone knows your work, though. You know, it's, it's, a, it's a, well, I'm in the I'm in the category of uh, oh that guy, there's that guy, right? There's that guy. Uh, the the uh, especially around well, I I I walk around the streets of Los Angeles um, in my in my day to day life, and uh, I, I ride my bike a lot. So a lot of people see me and they'll go, "Oh, you're you're you're," um, and I'll say, "Uh huh," and and they'll say, uh, 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 "What have you been in? What, about, what, what do I know you from? I don't know. What do you know me from? Well, tell me some of the stuff you've done." And uh, that's when I'll excuse myself. Yeah, of course. Because I'll say, uh, "Oh, well, I've done this." No, no. Well, I've done this. Uh, no, no, no. Keep going. And uh, finally, I'll give up. Yeah. But when when people actually remember what you've been in, what's been, like, the most, like, recognizable role for you? Elections. Oh, perfect. I mean, I, that, that election. Movie, yeah. I mean, you did such a great job in that movie. I still think that's Reese Witherspoon's best movie. Uh, she was fantastic. It's, it's, just a, it's just a fantastic movie all around. Yeah, and, uh, it, and, and it should have been nominated for an Oscar. I, I feel for Best Picture. That you was, know what did it? What did it come up with at the same time? There were a lot of good movies, 
that emerged right at the same time as election. I don't remember. But the, uh, because I have such a uh, memorable uh, opening line in the movie, yes. That, yes, you that's what people, that's what people, <laughs> and I have, it, I have it quoted to me uh, uh, in, in line at the drugstore. <laughs> <laughs> Do you get embarrassed when that comes up? Well, yes. Yes. I mean, it, it, it's it's funny, but uh, you know, it's not the it's not the most publicly quotable line. Right. Of course. Yeah. I, I haven't seen any T-shirts or anything like that. But it, no, no, no. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah, and it's it's such like a you know a little like underrated movie, but everyone knows it. Yeah. Loves it. It's and it's yeah, um, it's a, it's, a, it's a little gem, and it's definitely held up through. Uh, through every election cycle we've had since it was made. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, that's a whole other story to talk about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 But um, one of my, I mean, probably besides that one, um, Seinfeld celebrating his 30th anniversary from his first episode. And that's like, that's amazing that show lasted like the first season. Uh, but Milos, yeah. Yeah, yeah Milos, I mean, it's such a, Unbelievable, like one-off character, uh, guest-starring appearance. Um, it's one of the it's one of their most oft-repeated episodes. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's it, it's on all the time, all yeah. the time, and like every storyline in the episode. Oh, okay, I'm okay, I'm okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I know it, it is one of those. It is one of those gem one-offs, and uh, I will actually watch that again. Right. Just because the, you know, the, the, there's my performance is only a part of the way the story is told and the way it's cut together. It's just a, it's just a true gem. Yeah, I, between you, like yeah. That and also, it, also it's part of my, it's part of one of my specialties is playing bumbling jackasses. <laughs> Uh, and uh, and Milos certainly is. Right, yeah. Could uh could, could you play tennis? So that was actually you playing tennis. <laughs> I do play I do play tennis, but I played with my left hand. Oh, okay. Milos. Right. Um, and they, one of the fun things is that when we were filming the uh, the tennis court scene where where Jerry and I were actually playing tennis, there was a windstorm that day, and we kept having to wait for the wind to die down so we could film. And uh, so Jerry and I played tennis all day long. We just volleyed back and forth. It was uh, it was a lot of fun. Oh, that's good. And he that's and good. he's a pretty good tennis player too. Right? Yeah. I mean, I mean from what he actually um, played against you, yeah, you know, he looked pretty well. <laughs> <laughs> he had a real first time to lose it. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> how much of like uh, your input? Did you have not seen the character, or was that pretty much just like all Jerry and the writers? No, that was certainly me. That was oh, wow. certainly me. Uh, um, uh, I auditioned for the role, and uh, and because of the just because he was Milos, uh, uh, I uh, came up with this accent that I thought would be uh, that I thought would be fun. And at the time, I had uh, I had a ponytail. Right. And um, so I brought in the accent. I brought in the, the long hair with the ponytail. And he asked me if uh, Jerry asked me if I uh, 
if I was uh, if I thought I was comfortable with the accent, I said yes. He said, and will you cut your hair to the part? And I said no. He okay. said thank you very much, and then they offered me the role. Okay. So, uh, so I I, yeah, I stuck to my guns. Right. That's good. I mean, it, it, with the ponytail, I think made it even even more believable for some reason. Yeah, I know. I know. It, it, it was just it was just all part of the. You know, when you're playing a buffoon, you want to inflate yourself to the uh, totally to, to the beyond the manufacturer's uh, recommended uh, pressure. Right. And what made it more like even more like humorous was you had the yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah. And also, this was in uh, it was slightly after the McEnroe era, but uh, the tennis yeah. was all about hair. Right. The agony. All about the hair. <laughs> yeah, but um, I, I used to play, you know, religiously for a good while, and maybe once in a while I would throw out, you know, the, another game for Milos line. I would, you know, depending on who was playing, you know. Just to feel good about yourself. Exactly, you know. It's, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Milos is a good load uh, for, uh, load shot for anybody who wants to uh, feel good about their games. Yeah, absolutely. Was there ever a talk about being in the finale? Not with me, there wasn't. Oh, okay. Uh, no, I mean, uh, uh, the, the, uh, Jerry, as a character, encountered so many people right. in the course of his. Uh, I was, uh, Milos was on the list, and they just had to pare it down, so... Um, yeah, I stayed. I stayed in my obscurity, which is uh, where I deserve. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah. It's probably the, along with uh, Jimmy Milos is probably the top two or three characters, the one-off characters, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Soup Nazi. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Although he he wait was Soup Nazi? Uh, did he do one appearance or were there multiple? It was it was one plus the uh, finale. Yeah. 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 Right. Right. Yeah. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> but um, another, like, I mean, there's so many great roles, but another one that I really enjoyed was uh, Cheers Finale, where you play Diane's fake husband. Yeah. Reed, yeah. yeah. And, yeah, the, which, I mean, at that point, she, I mean, Cheers was a you know, top show on TV, and I remember the finale was huge. They had the after party and all the actors were here. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, how how much fun was Yeah, they, let, 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 me, let me let you in on a not surprising fact that the drunkenness did not begin at the after party. Okay. <laughs> uh, uh, it, was, it was a madhouse. Right. It was, it, it was a madhouse. But the... Uh, um, my uh, my role in it was uh, I, I I just essentially had a front row seat to the uh, to the festivities and the feelings and uh, and especially the the director the great Jimmy Burroughs right. who uh, who directs while lying down on the floor oh, wow. it was the weirdest thing I've ever seen weirdest thing I've ever seen so he'll it's, it's a four panel show and he'll position himself in front of the num uh, in front of the central camera and he'll lie down on the floor like he's in bed with his head propped up on his arms hmm. and uh, and that's how he likes to watch. Wow. Yeah. Have you experienced that with any other directors or no? Like weird positions. 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. I worked with a with a stage director who uh, squatted on one heel, and I just didn't get what was going on with him. But you know, maybe he had uh, had uh, bowel problems or something like that. Yeah. But he he was uh, <laughs> it was it was weird to look over at it. it, it it's always. It, the, the best directors always have uh, weird picadillos that you have to uh, endure while you're doing your work. Right. And uh, and they all think that they're being invisible, and believe me, they're not. They're not. <laughs> uh, no, as an actor, you have to have the ability to to, uh, to uh, tune out the guy with the stopwatch. And uh, that's always the director. Faster, faster. How, how much of like, being like a playwright has like helped you an actor. Oh, tremendously. Tremendously. Uh, um, I would say that most writers don't have experience uh, as an actor. And and as an actor, you have to, you know, an actor doesn't say the words. An actor feels the words coming up from the gut. And uh, if the words don't naturally come up from the gut, then you're faking it. And uh, I, the most humiliating thing for an actor is to get caught faking it. So uh, as an actor, I know whether something is coming up from my gut or not. And if the script is, isn't is lending itself to that, I know exactly how to make the adjustment. And so the, the, the best directors and writers that I've worked for, uh, no matter the size of the role, uh, have always been very amenable to my, uh, you know, I usually say, uh, you know, with this last line, let me pick something to you. And I'll offer just a slight alteration that will uh, that, that will be able to come up from my gut. Right. And, uh, and there are some, uh, there, there are some, in, in, in Preacher especially, there are some sequences that I, um, uh, in Preacher especially, there were sometimes whole scenes that I would suggest to be restructured in certain ways, and uh, uh, they were always accepted with uh, with uh, they were always heard with goodwill and frequently accepted. So, uh, so being a being a writer helps me immensely as an actor working on new material, and then being an actor also helps me as a writer. Um, I'm just about to go off and uh, direct a play that I've written, a stage play. And um, the, the the thing that I'm really confident about is that uh, I know how to talk to the actors. Right. I know how much not I know how much not to say to them, uh, not tell them how to do something, but uh, why. It's it's great that it's great to have a, a couple of crossover talents. It's a, it's cross fit in the theatrical sense. Right. Okay. Did you kind of have to be like kind of feel it out before you kind of approach a director? Yeah. Yeah. I do. I do. But but uh, but but an actor has a sense like a cat uh, right. uh, around around directors. You you can tell. You can just smell it. And uh, and this past season with Preacher, uh, there were directors that I just knew uh, from the from the aroma in the air that uh, now is not a good time and never maybe a better time. Right. Uh, right. In which in which case I would sidle up to the writer 
Okay. And I'll pitch my ideas to the writer. And then uh, if the writer uh, is enthusiastic about it, then I can sort of get my suggestion in without ever having to, having to be accused of uh, being the one with the idea. Right. Yeah, are directors, you... are, directors are touchy people. And, you know, in television, uh, there are a lot of directors that are freelance. They right. work from show to show. They'll do one episode. And... Uh, and their job is on their next job is on the line with this job, right? And so they're uh, they're, they're sweating bullets to turn in a good show. And I can tell you that it, that, that with feature, even the even the directors that I that I sort of had that had that little fragrance with from, uh, they turned they turned in fantastic episodes. Okay. So I fully support them. Right, right. And they may not cast me again, but <laughs> I fully support them. Yeah. Well, how are they really going to say no to God, right? <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> Listen, my my beard and wig gave me a sense of authority around the set that uh, truly people moved out of the way when I was walking. I sort of felt like uh, uh, Maharishi Mahesh Yoga. Yeah. <laughs> Right. They, they they were in my sandals. They just, they the red sea parted every time I walked into the room. There was always a chair for me. Can I get you a drink? It was weird. And as soon as I was out of costume, it's like, who the hell are you? Yeah, exactly. Go get your own coffee. Right. <laughs> what, what was the was the makeup process harder for Preacher or Star Trek Voyager? Oh, Star Trek Voyager by a mile because. Uh, they had a standard makeup time of 5 a.m. Okay. So, so uh, I, you know, I was still hungover <laughs> at the time I came into the. By the time I came into the studio, and and it's just uh, in Star Trek, uh, makeup was a machine. Right. It was it was half of the studio time just to keep people in makeup. And the only thing I'm grateful for is that I didn't have to wear. Uh, Full, full head makeup like a lot of people did, and uh, and even today on what is the uh, what is the um, the spoof of Star Trek Voyager uh, oh, on right now? Oh, the uh, Orville. Yes, yes, uh, they're facing that same issue. Right. Although uh, the materials and the techniques have gotten better over the years, not so. Uh, uh, the the pieces are more sophisticated and they're easier to put on. They're made out of silicone instead of plastic. Uh, but the but the getting into God's uh, uh, hair, beard, eyebrows, mustache um, was a great process for me because I would start the day looking at myself in the makeup mirror. Uh, the makeup artists were tremendous, and by the time they finished putting my wig on, which was the last piece in place. I was in character because I was just watching this transformation happen in front of the mirror as though I was watching somebody else. And by the time I stepped out of that makeup chair, um, I was ready. Uh, Mark was uh, Mark was erased. Right. And uh, and the Lord God Almighty uh, <laughs> walked out there wearing my underwear. Yeah. <laughs> I actually, I speaking of underwear, I saw one of your videos about. Uh, Wait a second. Wait a second. Wait a second. Okay, now I'm ready. Go. 
Okay. I'm going to say, speaking of underwear, I saw one of your uh, videos in Vimeo about uh, the kid being uh, hide, or hiding your underwear. Unfortunately, your mother found it. <laughs> bearing the evidence of it. Yes. Yes. You know, I was telling my, I have a, uh, I have a son who is uh, going to puberty, and uh, uh, I was telling him, listen, uh, uh, every every kid pees the pants. Believe me, every kid pees the pants. And not only that, every kid poops their pants. Right. I promise you. And so I told him the story of, uh, of one of the many times that I pooped my pants. And uh, the only problem I had is I didn't want to stop playing. Right. And, and uh, you know, I was just telling him that, listen, if anybody ever tells you that they never poop their pants or pee their pants, as a, as a grown kid, they're lying to you. Yeah. <laughs> and they're ashamed of it. And, uh, you know, I, 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 spent, I spent a good time being ashamed of it. And now it's a, it's a fun story to share. Uh, and my son knows when to tell me to shut up at the dinner table. Right. <laughs> Yeah, that, that's actually pretty funny. Is dad no? Is dad no? No, 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 no. Yeah. I, I, yeah. My son is uh, 14, and he always had issues with going to the bathroom up until he had puberty. And now he's just <laughs> as regular as a day. <laughs> yeah. 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 Every kid has it in some form to some degree. And... And and as parents, the last thing we should do is to make them feel bad for them. Oh, absolutely. Somehow, they, 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 it's like there's, there's some magic button that you hit. As soon as you tell your son or your daughter, yeah, me too, me too, the exact same way, it uh, it gives them hope and, yeah. uh, and, and, and sometimes helps them get through a chapter. Right. <laughs> but boy, there is nothing worse. I'm walking by this damn dog again. Why did I come this way? By the way, I'm talking to you while I'm walking around my neighborhood because I think you're all that way. Okay. I always think on my feet. When I'm uh, when I'm riding or when I'm studying uh, lines for a role, I can only do it if my legs are moving. Okay. So uh, I walk, 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 walk. All right. as, as, uh, as long as you pay attention to the crosswalks, we'll be okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty good. I'm not checking. I'm just talking. Right. Okay. Good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, a couple other roles. Uh, Boy Meets World. You're, I think, one of like 40 actors to play uh, Topanga's. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I was. I was Topanga's third dad. Uh, yeah. Just in time to. Uh, just in time to walk her down the aisle. Right, yeah. So you were kind of the closer of of, of the fathers, right? I, yeah, yeah. I think Marcia Cross, right, was your wife. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Just, yeah. It was also a ton of mothers. Uh, on I know. I know. You know that Marcia is Marcia is is and was marvelous, beautiful, just unbelievably uh, uh, gorgeous, and the same body type as as models and uh because of this kindness in her face she was she played lots of mothers right and uh you know it wasn't it wasn't your she she was uh i'm not saying that it was inappropriate but it was i guess we equate uh mother roles with kindness and um and that was her that was her still is her village 
Yeah, uh, Topanga's third dad it was uh, Michael McKeon. Yeah. And, um, mm, oh, what's his name? Oh, what's his name was the second dad. I love how in uh, in early television they so blithely did that. Just move from one character, one actor to another. The the uh, my first memory, speaking of uh, uh, going back to my youth, right. was uh, I, I dream of Jeannie. Oh yeah. That had yeah. Uh, the, the 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 lead actor changed and not a word was said. It was yeah. the same character uh, with a different actor. Yes, the same thing with Bewitched, with the Darrens. Oh, that's what I'm thinking of. That's what I'm thinking of, Bewitched. Right. Bewitched. Yeah. I the uh, I Dream of Jeannie, uh, uh, what's her name? What is the actress's name? Oh, Barbara. Uh, she, was my, she was my first wet dream. She was my, she was my first love. I, didn't, I never missed an episode uh, wherein I could watch her belly. Yeah, <laughs> and the and the, the look for that sneaking, sneaking little quick flash of her belly button, and I never saw it. But boy, did I watch for it! Right. Yeah, no, and, she, and she, I don't know how old she is right now, but she's still looking fantastic. Oh my sure. my God! Yeah, my God! I did. Uh, I got hired on a uh, on a soap opera during one down period. Uh, um, maybe five to eight years ago, and I'd never done a soap opera before. I didn't know how they worked, and I did uh, three episodes as uh, uh, some some dick in a suit boss of somebody, <laughs> and uh, and I couldn't stand it. I just couldn't stand it, and I told my agent, please don't accept any more bookings for okay. this character because uh, I can't work this fast and this impersonally, and... Um, uh, you know, God bless soap opera actors who have those skills, but I just don't. Uh, and the very next day, there was another actor in my same costume and same character name, just, uh, and the story just blithely went on. Yeah, they, they go to the bathroom, they come out a different actor. The other actor was uh, Peter Tork. That's right, yes. Yeah. talking to you, man. Yeah, this this has been great, and keep up the good work. Thanks a lot. And a special thanks to Mark for joining me today. Go check out Preacher. I'm going to continue watching it soon. And if you haven't seen most of his work, namely Election, that movie is fantastic. It is still Reese Witherspoon's finest movie. If you want to follow me on Twitter, I'm at the first all one nine. Be sure to like the page Living My Youth on Facebook. Go to iTunes, check out all the past episodes we've had. While you're there, please rate and review the show. Don't have iTunes? Not a problem. Show's on SoundCloud, it's also on Podbean. Go to livingmyyouth.threadless.com for all your merchandise. T-shirts, hoodies, stickers, phone cases. Hey, the holidays are coming. They make great gifts. A new episode comes out every Wednesday, and we'll see you next week.